The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The Voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show this Tuesday afternoon. Actually, the beginning of summer, right? And it it feels like it. Welcome to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation as we take a look at the issues of the day that affect you and me directly here in California's Central Valley. Well, speaking of things and people who affect us directly here in California's Central Valley, we have online with us Congressman Josh Harder of uh, Congressional District 10, uh, running now for uh, Congressional District 9. I believe the top two vote-getters there, uh, sir, are uh, you and Tom Patty. last time I checked, and so that'll be our, our runoff coming up in November. Before we get started, Congressman, first of all, congratulations on your first Father's Day. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. My daughter, Lily, was born three months ago, so I've been spending more than enough time changing diapers and, and making bottles. But it was nice to get at least one morning to sleep in. I think that may be all I all I have for now. Oh, yeah, sleep is so highly overrated, you know, in the long run. <laughs> uh, enjoy it while you can get it. Uh, again, Congressman, uh, we, uh, we're, we're – contacting you and and vice versa about a bill that you brought forward uh, not too long ago. And it sounds like uh, you joined the rest of us in uh, a lot of angst about the situation we're in with uh, food prices going up, gas prices going through the roof. Uh, Fill us in on that bill and your passion to see those issues addressed. Absolutely. We've got to fix this. I mean, gas is over seven six bucks a gallon uh, in the valley right now and and that's insane i don't think anybody should be paying for gas or or having to choose between paying for gas or paying for groceries but that's what we're dealing with every day out there and and this bill is is pretty simple it's called the lower food and fuel costs act and that's exactly what it does it it allows our gas stations to sell cheaper gas blends it's going to help folks save a, a couple bucks every time they they fill up and i think we need all that we can get Um, But hopefully this is just the beginning. Uh, This isn't going to fix everything, and I I think what we should be doing uh, and what I'm trying to round up more support for is is pushing to repeal all the state and federal gas taxes that jack our prices up uh, over a dollar dollar per gallon. Uh, And it's a big problem. I mean, it's taken over 100 bucks just to fill an average car across the valley, and it's unsustainable, especially for people that have the long commutes that we do. Congressman Josh Harder, our guest, uh, Congressman, uh, we, and and I'm sure you're not unaware of it. Uh, a lot of us are filled with a lot of angst right now. <laughs> we're, uh, yeah. we're a bit irritated. Uh, we're not happy. Uh, we're looking at the inflation rate, eight uh, percent plus. Uh, we're looking at these mm-hmm. uh, these costs of of food. Uh, and and we we've had uh, several callers, congressmen, uh, uh, men who are ranchers and and farmers. And you look at the price of diesel; they can hardly stay yeah. in business, and they're they're at wit's end. Uh, I get a, a lot of raw nerves out here. Let, let's talk about root causes. Uh, 
and what we can do to address those, what Congress is willing to do to address those. Well, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm just as frustrated as as everybody else. There, our families are are getting crushed by inflation, the highest it's been for for 40 years. And our number one priority, and the number one priority of all our leaders across the aisle, has to be getting these prices down. You mentioned our farmers, and we've already lost dozens of of dairy farms across San Joaquin and Stanislaus County over the last few decades. I worry if these costs continue. And it's not just gas prices, although that's a a huge piece of it. It's also fertilizer prices. It's also the whole input uh, that our farmers are are paying day in and day out, that it's going to be unsustainable to have a family farm across the valley. Uh, That's the future if we don't get to work. And and you mentioned root causes, and there's a, a, a lot to point fingers at. Obviously, there's a war in Eastern Europe. We're coming out of a pandemic. Uh, government spending is certainly, in my view, has been uh, out of control. We've seen some mistakes there that I think need to be fixed. But, you know, I think this is not necessarily a time for pointing fingers. This has got to be a time for bringing solutions. And I think those solutions have to include uh, this step forward, the, the lower fuel costs back. And this has to move towards suspending both the state and federal gas tax, which is long overdue. Some of my colleagues in Congress have never seen a tax that they don't like, but it's beyond time for us to lift uh, both those taxes, as well as to make sure that we're holding oil and gas companies accountable for some of the price gouging that's been going on. They shouldn't be having record profits when everybody else is paying record prices at the pump every day. Uh, I, I, I can align with you on on some of that, Congressman. Uh, I think, though, as as we look at both uh, the, the Biden administration and as we look at the Newsom administration, uh, don't like fossil fuels, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the policy sure. uh, to to date has been to do away with that. And I think, Congressman, a lot of a lot of people in our area are saying we're we're not opposed to clean energy. Uh, we're not opposed to moving in the direction of electric cars or whatever it's going to be, but but to cut mm-hmm. out the fossil fuel industry and uh, and to push us so quickly into the electric car uh, and and so-called sustainable energy just does doesn't make a lot of sense. Does, are, are you hearing us on that? Do, do you understand what? I think that's a great point. And, you know, I think what that means is is two things. One is we need the United States to be fully energy independent. Uh, We shouldn't be relying on, you know, uh, gas or oil from from Russia or Saudi Arabia or anybody else. That's one of the reasons why we're paying high prices is because we're, we're no longer buying Russian oil. And I think that makes a lot of sense, but frankly, we shouldn't be dependent on Russian oil to begin with. Uh, We have a a pretty big country. We have a lot of uh, reserves. We need to make sure that we are boosting domestic production as much as we can. Um, And we also need to make sure that we're taking a look at some of those requirements that have actually uh, cut down on some of the production, especially across California. You mentioned renewables. Well, you know, hydroelectric is not considered renewable in the state of California. And yet, if you go to the Central Valley, a lot of the energy production that we have is based on our dams and reservoirs. There's nothing, in my mind, more renewable than rain and the water that we uh, uh, have every single day, or at least we do when it's not a, a record drought outside. And so if we actually got credit 
for some of that hydroelectric production that exists up and down the valley, uh, if that was actually considered renewable, which it should be just as much as everything else, then that allows us to try to make sure that we're cutting some of these some of these uh, some of these prices. But at the end of the day, uh, I think what you're, you're you're saying is right, which is we need the domestic energy production to continue. And if you want to transition to electric vehicles at some point, that's fine. But we have to have a way to go from here to there. Yeah, well, I agree with you on that. Uh, what's the uh, taking the? By the way, friends, uh, again, we're with uh, Congressman Josh Harder. Uh, we'll be with him for another couple of minutes. If you have a question for the congressman, our number here, of course, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Uh, talk, and I agree with you about energy and uh, independence, uh, need to get there. What what's the temperature if if you were a uh, a political physician let's say and you're taking the temperature <laughs> of of Congress right now uh, what what what's your feeling about uh, Congress's willingness to do some of the hard things that are required to get us to energy independence? Uh, my confidence is low. It, it, it's a frustrating environment out there, and you don't need need me to be telling you. I think it's just. An environment where people feel like their political futures are made by screaming at somebody on cable news as opposed to getting things done. Uh, and, and we live in a very special community in the Valley because, you know, as you, you've heard me say before, chances are if you live in the Valley, you go to church with somebody, you work with somebody, you go to school with somebody who maybe votes a little bit differently than you or at least sees things in a slightly different light. We have a community that actually brings people together, but that doesn't exist just over in you know, San Francisco. It doesn't exist in a lot of places across the country, and it certainly doesn't exist in, in Congress. We have a divided electorate, and there aren't enough people that are trying to build those bridges. Um, you know, I think there's, there's a lot that folks should be able to agree on. That's why I keep harping on the gas tax. And you mentioned that the, both the Newsom administration and the Biden administration have resisted uh, moves towards prioritizing that. I think it's long overdue, but that should be something that everybody should agree on. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to be paying a tax that's adding a dollar per gallon to our price at the pump at a time uh, when the state of California has a record budget surplus. And so I wish what we could see is, you know, to, to your point, the, 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 the environment was a little bit more full of folks that uh, were more pragmatic and a little bit more focused on the, the concerns that I'm hearing, which are enormous. You mentioned folks are frustrated. I think folks are livid, and they have every right to be, uh, and we need to have folks that are actually getting things done instead of just uh, pointing fingers. Absolutely. Uh, a quick question for you, Congressman. Can we hold you till about 29 after, or do you need to run? I think that works. I think I have to go and, and vote in a, in, in a bit. But, yeah, whatever that – yeah, that sounds great. All righty. Uh, let, let's do that. Uh, Congressman Josh Harder, our guest. Uh, before we continue on, let me remind you, friends, prices are going up of homes, right? Inventories low. Interest rate hikes mean price fluctuations. Selling your home now with an aggressive, experienced agent, that's the right move to maximize your equity. 
How about moving closer to work? Would you like that? Think maybe I can't afford it? Well, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or he'll sell it for free. His home selling program designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control. No costly repairs required. No long-term contracts. And you pick your move date. Dan can even find a new home before you move. Michelle Modesto knows all about it. She was helping her dad sell his home, and they needed to get top dollar to help fund his retirement. Well, Michelle talked to a, a whole bunch of agents, found out Dan had the right plan to make only necessary improvements, and he could market the home for top dollar. She says Dan over-delivered on her high expectations and got her dad thousands more than their goal. So call Dan Phipps. He's the man I recommend. I'd hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S dot com. Back with Congressman Josh Harder in three minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the Voice of the Valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On the line with us, Congressman Josh Harder, and we want to make sure we get your questions in here, 209-551-3483. I know the congressman has to go vote in a couple minutes, but Maria from Modesto, quick question for Congressman Josh Harder. You're on, Maria. Thank you. Good afternoon, Congressman. I am um, Mexican, um, immigrated legally to the U.S. more than 30 years ago. I am a hardworking woman. I've been citizen since 20 years ago. I adopted this country as my second home, and I'm very proud of it. And uh, ever since when I came in as a shock of a culture, I saw how the education system was trying to take the power from parents to educate the kids. And mm-hmm. it's getting worse. And I know for a fact there is something there is a twist that Democrats are trying to pass before the midterm elections in regards of twisting the name of CRT, critical race theory, into some civil education thing that it has nothing to do with civil education on the kids. It's just more indoctrination. So what are you doing to prevent that? Yeah, well, thank you for your story, Maria, and uh, it, it's great to have you in our community. Uh, it sounds like you're uh, – it, it's really contributed a lot, and it's great to hear from you. Uh, look, I'm, I'm the parent of a three-month-old, and so I, I think she's plenty smart, but she's not quite in elementary school yet. Uh, but I've heard from a lot of parents that are very concerned about what's going on in our education system, and I think you said it. I think the best way that our kids can get the best education possible is to make sure that we are empowering parents uh, and making sure that they're the folks that are leading that education system. Uh, when I talk to a lot of the teachers and the parents in our area, I don't think, um, you know, I think folks are focusing on the basics of what kids should be learning. They should be learning how to read, how to write. They should be learning math. Uh, and we shouldn't be distracted by political fights. I think we shouldn't have politics 
coming in at the classroom, we should have our kids focused on the basics. Uh, and I think we have a school system that is very locally driven in our area. It's down to school boards that make decisions, that talk with teachers and parents. And um, I, I hear your point, and I'll do everything I can to make sure that the, the parents' voice in that is well-respected and appreciated and that our kids are, are learning what they need to and, and not uh, sort of fighting political fights that uh, belong nowhere near the classroom. Maria, thank you so much for your call and uh, for your story there. We appreciate that so much. Maria from Modesto. Uh, Congressman Josh Harder is our guest. Uh, Congressman, before you run, uh, and it's a subject we've talked about time and time again, it's rearing its head again. That is, of course, the drought water rights. In fact, uh, there, there's a pro- proposal right now before the state Senate that would spend up to uh, $1.5 billion to buy senior water rights uh, that currently allow farmers to take uh, water, uh, needed water from the state's rivers and streams and such. From your position in Congress, what do you see that we need to do here in California in the middle of a drought that we haven't done that we should have done decades ago? Well, to your point, I, I mean, in some ways, the cake is baked at this point. We should have made this investment a long time ago. We should have built the reservoirs that would have been able to store the water that we need in a drought like this one. But even from the situation where we're in right now, we could be doing a lot more. It doesn't make any sense that people are using so much water to make their, their lawns in Beverly Hills look pristine and perfect when our farmers are dying out here. Uh, And so we need to make sure that we are curtailing some of the water that goes on in Los Angeles and some of the other areas and make sure that it's going first and foremost to support jobs uh, and to support food, uh, especially at a time when grocery prices are skyrocketing. Uh, One of the things that I think we need to be doing is making sure that we are uh, fully defunding the Delta Tunnel, uh, which is, I think, one of the most misguided Uh, projects we've seen in California, which is often saying something. That's a project that all it does is take water from Northern California and ship it down to Southern California. It's stealing from Peter to pay Paul, uh, and it doesn't actually create more water for anyone. And so we need to be doing two things. We need to make sure that we are building projects to create more water for everyone, those storage projects that we desperately need here across the the, the valley. And then second, we need to make sure that we are having our voice heard and making sure that our farmers get the water that they need instead of that water going off to the ocean or that water being used to make sure that somebody's lawn looks perfect at a time when we're in the midst of a, of a you know, not just a three-year drought, but a 22-year drought. Again, Congressman Josh Harder, our guest. Uh, Congressman, I know you've got to run here in a, in a minute or so. We have about a minute left, but just a quick question for you. We are all for the environment, but we also see how when that pendulum swings so, so radically towards preserving the environment that we can't get things done in terms of building the infrastructure we need. Any thoughts on that? Any, mm-hmm. uh, any thoughts from Congress, from the congressional level? on what we need to do maybe to revise some of our environmental uh, regulations. Look, I think we need to make sure that we're cutting red tape everywhere we can. I'll I'll give you an example. Uh, We had a project that was going to bring water to the valley that was going to expand one of our, one of our reservoirs. And there were 19, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, 19 federal agencies that had to sign off on this project. And we quickly got 18 federal agencies to say yes And then one just dawdled. 
Uh, they didn't say yes. They didn't say no. They just took years and years in order to actually, you know, look at all the data and all, all, all this and all that. And at the end of the day, we finally uh, got that approval. The project uh, took place, but it should have happened years ago, and it just had to go through way too many steps. And so one of the things that we need to be doing is we need to make a one-stop shop for infrastructure projects. And, um, you know, it's not about raising the standards and lowering the standards. It's about creating certainty for construction, and that exists for our water projects. That also exists for other projects that, uh, you know, are sitting lying uh, that are good projects that everybody supports but just aren't getting done uh, because there's, you know, one agency out there that's holding their finger up saying quite, not quite yet. Um, and that's a big problem because, again, in a drought like this one, we're living off the water that we should have been able to store decades ago. Absolutely. Our guest has been Congressman Josh Harder. Thanks for stopping by, Congressman. We appreciate that. And uh, I'll be back with you in five minutes, my friends, here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation here the beginning of summer 2022. And uh, a hot summer it's going to be in in many different ways. Again, we just heard from Congressman Josh Harder, uh, presently representing the 10th District. Of course, with the lines being redrawn, uh, he in the primaries ran for the 9th, the new 9th District, against uh, someone that uh, those of you in San Joaquin County are very familiar with, uh, San Joaquin County Supervisor Tom Patty. Uh, at last look, I believe there's about 10 or 11 uh, percentage points uh, between them at this point. Uh, Congressman Harder leading, I think it was at maybe 38.9, and, and Tom Patty was at 28.2% last time I looked. Anyway, uh, that race uh, coming up in November, November 8, 2022. And so your vote counts, friends, and you got to hear uh, Congressman Harder's perspectives on many of the issues that are bothering us today. And uh, he he used the word livid, which I think is uh, pretty apropos when we consider uh, the, the, the just the assault upon us of, of uh, the gas prices, of the inflation rate of the inability of Congress as a whole. What are we doing right now? What's Congress, what is Congress mostly known for right now? Raise your hands. All right, see, a bunch of hands going up. What, what's it known for right now? Right, the January 6th hearings. Didn't, wasn't able to get to that. I know the congressman had to run and cast a vote, and that's what we want him to do. Any congressperson is to cast votes. That's part of their job, big part. Uh, but I... I Maybe next time we can talk to him about that. I am uh, I I am distressed that we're still that that is the focus. That is what our Congress is known for right now is the January six hearings, and they aren't hearings, as I've told you before. In my opinion, uh, they are not hearings. There's no uh, there's no counterpoint. There's no opportunity for a defense, so to speak. There's no opportunity for rebuttals. So essentially, it's a, a third impeachment hearing, so to speak, for Donald Trump. While we have runaway inflation, while gas prices are going through the roof, while uh, we uh, we have a drought here in California, 
people can't find their baby formula. Many of you women maybe are not able to find uh, items that you particularly need uh, for your feminine reasons. Why are we spending this time rehashing, again, the impeachment of Donald Trump? That's essentially, in my opinion, what it is. Uh, I think it's a waste of time. It is not bipartisan. And uh, I let, let's let's focus on things that are important to you and me, like inflation, like the gas prices. I it's just frustrating, isn't it? Just frustrating. So that makes the elections uh, very very important. And by the way, our, our thanks to Maria, who called not long ago. I really appreciated her call. And we need to hear more from uh, the Marias of the world, those who have immigrated here, those who are uh, from families of recent immigrants, those who have come here legally, those who are working to help establish a strong society. We need to hear from you. I, you know, the, the filter of uh, the body politic right now, I'm, I'm tuning out because it's filled with spin and half-truths, which aren't truths at all. And what we need to hear from, especially as we talk about uh, the border, are people who have gone through the immigration process. It shouldn't take nine years, I don't think. So let's fix the system. That's been a can that we've been kicking down the road for decades as well, isn't it? Just uh, just un, uh, unbelievable. So again, so, so important for us to make sure that we participate in and educate ourselves in our elections, make sure that we understand who we're voting for, what they stand for, make sure that's clear. And uh, when we have propositions, also is to make sure we understand the propositions as well. And we'll do our best here on the Mike Douglas Show to prepare you as best we can. Uh, We have a lot of good feedback about the Wednesday just before the primaries when we invited candidates to call. And to give us uh, about a 60-second overview of why they're running, what the issues are in their minds, the big burners, and why people should vote for them. And we will be doing that again. Mark my words, we'll be doing it again uh, in the not-too-distant future or uh, uh, ahead of the uh, November 8 election. Have you been following the updates, the hearings in Texas regarding the Uvalde uh, tragedy there. Just uh, new new information is coming to the fore, and it, it doesn't break your heart. Apparently, it appears that Uvalde police had enough armed police officers inside the school to stop the shooting three minutes after it began. But 74 minutes expired before breaching a door which we had been told originally was locked. They were waiting for a key. Turns out the door apparently was not locked. And there's a testimony uh, today uh, which uh, is is from the uh, Texas Department of Public Safety Director Steve McCraw. And he, he appeared before a Texas State Senate Committee on the, and I want to play a couple of his comments for you. And, and again, this is not about crucifying the people in charge. It's about learning from the incident. But, but also, it's important to hold people accountable 
who have the authority to protect us or not. And if they're not, then we need to hold them accountable, as, as does Texas. So let's begin with the, the, what we call the, the basic doctrine for law enforcement when it comes to active school shooters. Again, this is Texas Department of Public Safety Director Steve McCraw. The post-Columbine doctrine is clear and compelling and unambiguous. Stop the killing, stop the dying. Yeah, so he's saying what we've learned over the years, and, and it really comes out of Columbine, is, is stop the killing. Stop the killing. The post-Columbine doctrine is clear and compelling and unambiguous. Stop the killing, stop the dying. Stop the killing, stop the dying. He also summarized the law enforcement response basically as an all-around failure, sad to say. There's compelling evidence that the law enforcement response to the attack at Robb Elementary was an abject failure and antithetical to everything we've learned over the last two decades since the Columbine massacre. So apparently, according to this source, who is the director of the Texas Department of Public Safety, says there were sufficient officers and equipment present to save lives within three minutes of the suspect entering the West Building of that school. Within three minutes. Listen to this. This is absolutely incredible. Three minutes after the subject entered the West Building, there was sufficient number of armed officers wearing body armor to isolate, distract, and neutralize the subject. Now, can you imagine being a child locked up in those rooms, those who survived this, and waiting over an hour for help? Can you imagine the trauma of the moment, but the trauma that is going to live with them for the rest of their lives? They waited over an hour to be rescued. One error, 14 minutes and eight seconds. That's how long the children waited and the teachers waited in rooms 111 to be rescued. Unbelievable. Again, we've been listening to testimony provided by the Texas Department of Public Safety Director Steve McCraw, and he was pretty bold in laying the responsibility of law enforcement failures at the foot of the incident commander. That's what we call him here in California and in the incident command system anyway. The ranking law enforcement officer in charge, that's where the buck stops, and that's who has to really accept responsibility for this. The only thing stopping a hallway of dedicated officers from entering room 111 and 112 was the on-scene commander who decided to place the lives of officers before the lives of children. That was devastating, that last statement. Who chose to place the lives of officers above the lives of children. Nobody in law enforcement wakes up in the morning and says, gee, I'm going to go out and get killed today. That's my job. No, we're, we're trained not to get killed. We're trained how to, how to survive. We're trained how to save our lives, save other people's lives, and save property. That's the training. But there are times 
when you wear the badge of authority, and, and this again, this dates back to Columbine, the doctrine, so to speak, of law enforcement as it applies to school shootings, and <clears throat> this was just uh, echoed by the director of public safety here in Texas. The doctrine is if there is a school shooter and children's lives are at stake, you do whatever you need to do to take down the shooter. And that may mean putting yourself between those students and the shooter in order to do what you can. And that did not happen in Uvalde. And I know there are a lot of nuances here. Some uh, some are saying, well, apparently the incident command thought it was a hostage situation or uh, a barricaded suspect. In that case, different things apply. Uh, but then we have the, the 911 calls <clears throat> from children going into dispatch. I just, it, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. And the thing is, we can say, well, let's learn from this. We've already had these incidents to learn from. They've already happened. We've had the opportunity to develop that doctrine, so to speak, as it involves school shootings. <clears throat> this is an egregious failure. And I and you know I am I am so supportive of law enforcement. I have law enforcement's back, but I'm also a realist, and I believe in speaking truth when truth needs to be spoken about. And it is it is apparent here from the testimony so far and from the information that we have received thus far that, in the words of Mr. McCraw there, there was an epic failure in Uvalde. And again, I that's nothing to be happy about in terms of pointing fingers. I take no satisfaction in that. The lessons have been learned. Those lessons just were not acted upon in this case. And too many children died as a result of it. Officers were there, armed, having the equipment they needed within three minutes. <clears throat> and those children had to wait just over an hour and 14 minutes for help to arrive. What does that tell them about trust in law enforcement? What does them, that tell them about trust in government? Does your heart break over this? 209-551-3483, our number, 209-551-3483. We'll continue the conversation in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Again, uh, thanks for joining us here 3 to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our opportunity, thanks to iHeartMedia, to be live and local to make sure your voice is heard as we together discuss the issues of the day that affect you and me directly. And we learn from each other. I learn from you all the time and so much appreciate that process. And the key to that is our phone number here, 209 551 3483. We heard from Congressman Josh Harder 
a little bit ago and enjoy hearing your reactions to that. We're also uh, talking about just the, the heartbreaking news coming from Uvalde, Texas, and a state, state of Texas hearing <clears throat> regarding what happened. There's another uh, development here that, that just f- further creates so much heartbreak in my, in my mind anyway. Apparently, a review of security footage doesn't show that any officers tested to see if that door was locked. Instead, they waited around for a key. Turns out that the door couldn't be locked from the inside. A teacher reported before the shooting that the lock was broken. And again, this is this is just heartbreaking. The the developments that are and and none of it's going to bring back those children. None of it is <clears throat> going to bring comfort to those parents. The trauma will will be with those children who survived forever and, and for those parents and relatives and friends who had children die, that again, that, that trauma will last forever. And, uh, well, again, I, I'm, I'm not for crucifying people who make mistakes, but I'm also for speaking truth, and the truth is there was a massive failure in Uvalde, Texas on that particular day. All right, so let's take a look uh, very quickly at what's happening up in Sacramento. We talked a little bit about what's happening in Washington, D.C. with Congressman Josh Harder. What's happening with the California legislature? Well, the California legislature is starting up a committee to investigate why gas prices are so high. They need a committee to do that. Well, apparently, yes, it's going to be the Select Committee on Gasoline Supply and Pricing. And so this is uh, being brought forward by State Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon. Says we need more than just Band-Aid relief from high gas prices. So the committee is going to investigate why gas prices are so high. I would imagine, I'm looking out over our our vast radio audience, I want to imagine that at least 99.999% of you could answer that question for State Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon, and you don't need a committee to do it. Am I right? Well, here's what uh, State Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon has to say about the mission of this committee that he's putting together. The committee aims to answer two basic questions. First, why are we paying so much for gas? And two, how can we stop it? All right, again, I'm, I'm guessing that many of you can answer that question. In fact, if you'd like to answer that question for Speaker Rendon, call us, let us know. What, what, what is your answer to that question that would save all the money and all the time spent with this committee. Well, he's, and and listen to his carefully worded statement about what's causing runaway gas prices. It seems ironic. Listen very carefully. This is interesting. There's no excuse for the actions of those who pin California drivers down with a foot on our necks and a hand in our pockets. 
Let me do that one more time. There's no excuse for the actions of those who pin California drivers down with a foot on our necks and a hand in our pockets. So who do you think he's referring to <clears throat> that's pinning down our necks and has a hand in our pockets to retrieve our pocketbooks? Who do you think that is? My sense is he's probably talking about the refineries. He's talking about the um, petroleum companies. <clears throat> Just my guess. My opinion is it's the politicians with bad public policy. That's my thought. What do you think? Area code 209 551 3483. 209 551 3483. By the way, uh, you know what California is going to become known as now? Yeah, cannabis cafes. Yep, apparently several cannabis lounges are opening and reopening in Hollywood, San Francisco, Palm Springs, and other places. And some cities are apparently thinking about allowing them as a means to attract tourists and increase tax revenue. By golly, there are two good reasons to have cannabis cafes. Now, everybody's behind that, of course, but uh, there is still local control and I, I don't know, what do you think? You want to be the state known for cannabis cafes? Does that make you proud about California? 209-551-3483. We'll be back in five minutes, but we'll also be talking about Jane's Revenge and the Supreme Court. All that coming up. Don't go away on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love. Talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And thanks for joining us again today on the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation as we get the conversations going about the issues of the day that affect you and me directly here in the Central Valley of California. All right, so we've been talking about a a committee up in Sacramento. State Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon saying uh, he wants to accomplish a couple things with this committee. Here's what he said. The committee aims to answer two basic questions. First, why are we paying so much for gas? And two, how can we stop it? How come we're paying so much for gas and how can we stop it? Let's find out what you think. Uh, Maybe you can answer those questions for Assembly Speaker Rendon, and we don't have to have a a select committee. Let's go to the phones, 209-551-551. 3483-209-551-3483. And I want to welcome Wayne from Houston. Uh, Wayne, welcome. What's your reaction to this select committee? Well, I think we can answer the questions uh, right off the bat. Uh, they blame the high price of world oil right now as uh, 
and the war and uh, going on in the Ukraine and the lack of Russian oil because we are boycotting them, which I commend that action of uh, boycotting Russian oil. I'm all in favor of that. But I don't buy the reversal of the administ- current administration's uh, energy policies the very first day they walked into office. Under Trump, we were exporting oil and uh, gas prices were down there at 250 a gallon as the uh, uh, Speaker of the House who ran, uh, oh, I'm forgetting his name right now, uh, was he campaigned for president on 250 a gallon gas, and we did see that fulfillment. Uh, and the other question of what can we do about it? Well, I think it's obvious. Reverse the current administration's and our own state uh, prohibition of drilling offshore and just do what uh, Trump said, drill, baby, drill. <laughs> that we need more energy. And so that's the answer to the question. We Instead of reducing uh energy output we need to once again get back to exporting to help to solve the rest of the world's crisis and high energy prices too wayne well i have to say thank you mike yeah you you hit the nail on the head my friend thank you wayne from use and uh yeah wayne's wayne's got a good handle on it what what happened what happened uh in the change after the change of administrations well we Cut out the Keystone XL pipeline. Uh, we were energy independent. We are no longer energy independent. Can you imagine if we still were energy independent? It, it seems like it's uh, the impossible dream, doesn't it? It seems like a dream. Uh, one and a half years ago, however long it's been now, that and and I re- do you remember? Many of you probably do. Remember back in the uh, in the seventies, early to mid seventies, and and the long, the long gas rationing uh, issues at service stations, and if you had an odd number plate, you could go on odd numbered days, and even number plate, you could go on even numbered days, and and you'd sit there burning up gas, sitting in these long lines. We may get there again. We and the whole the, what what's so frustrating, my friends, is that it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. If we could just if we could just talk about what's real without the spin, and I long for the day I'll probably never see it as long as I live. The politicians would just say, "Yep, we we made a mistake," and for the sake of the country. We're going to admit that, and we're going to fix it. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? Right, Mike? Yeah, your heads are in the clouds. You're probably saying, Mike, Mike's been visiting one of those cannabis cafes, maybe. All right, let's go back to the phones, find out your answers to what uh, Assemblyman uh, Rendon, uh, the leader of uh, California Assembly, uh, wants to do with this committee. Our phone number, 209 551 Three four eight three. Let's uh, go up the road to Manteca to uh, James. James, welcome. What's on your mind today? Yeah, hi guys. And I think we see, like, I'm a Fox guy. You see on Hannity and the Fox shows that 
every, all these the senators and politicians, congressmen, they all say we have to do this, this, and this. What we need is those guys right on television to go right up to Joe Biden and say, hey, why don't you just open up the Keystone Pipeline? Why, why are you uh, letting uh, the illegals flow through the border like a turned-on water spigot at a house? This is really wrong. And just confront him right when he's coming out of the helicopter. Nobody does that. And from what I understand, they don't want to do it. They don't talk to him when they're in the meetings. They don't say anything. And they need to do that. We, we get tired of hearing them on Hannity's show, and, and they're all saying this and this and that and everything. That, well, like I say, again, we just need the guys to confront Biden. Though you don't like Trump, Joe, but you know what? He had everything, uh, everything rate uh, energy independent right here in our, uh, our uh, United States. And this gas is getting crazy. You say you can't do anything? Well, there's plenty you could do. Trump wouldn't put up with this. He'd go to wherever it is and say, hey, you gotta, you got to start making this gas cheaper or else. So that's my my little gripe. <laughs> Good points, uh, James. Uh, let me ask you this: Th- these are things I think about at at two thirty seven in the morning. You know, when I shouldn't be thinking about anything. <laughs> I do too. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm I'm thinking, what, James? What if? What if? Yes, sir. They're doing it on purpose. What if this is the goal? Well, I think, yeah, that is their goal. I forgot to add that. They're thinking that we're all going to get these uh, Tesla cars, mm. and uh, electric cars. Our country's not ready for that. I just yep. talked to a guy coming out of a Walmart store, and he had one of those te- Teslas, and he didn't like them. I, I shouldn't badmouth them. Some people like them that listen to your show. But they're just uh, – we need oil for everything we do, our clothes, and even to make electricity. You need oil to get the generators going for the electricity. And Gavin Newsom, he's about as sharp as Joe Biden. He's just he's a lot of money in the family and his aunt Nancy Pelosi. And it's just a mess. Um, How do we get rid of him? I guess just vote him out. But we need people to confront him. Just go even Gavin Newsom, go right up to him and say, why do you want these electric cars? Gavin, nobody will do that. They all do it on radio and TV. And uh, and I just don't I think they need to confront him. I'd confront him if I had a opportunity to, but the Secret Service would escort me right out of that town probably. <laughs> Same with Joe Biden. I'd go right up to that helicopter. Hey, why don't you open up the Keystone Pipeline? What is the problem? What's the gripe? You don't like Trump, like I said before. You don't need to like him, but uh, you got a lot of Americans not liking you, Joe. Let me repeat that, Joe. You have a lot of Americans that voted for you. Uh, they just didn't like Trump at the time. Doesn't mean they liked you. They did vote for you, and you got in. But uh, like Leon Panetta, I wish Andy would repeat this. Leon Panetta, a Democrat, staunch Democrat, said Joe Biden has been wrong for 47 years. Now that came from uh, a Democrat. So open your ears, Joe, and uh, that's about all. James from Manteca. Well said, James. Thanks so much for the call. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for listening and thanks for calling in today. I I think, uh, again, I've I've mentioned this many times, my friends. To me, this is not about Republicans and Democrats. That is long gone. This is about the survival of the nation. 
This is about the survival of the states. This is about the survivals of counties and cities and the survivals of our neighborhoods. This is about your house and my household surviving. And it is not Putin's fault. It's the fault of public policy, errant public policy. And for the life of me, I don't understand Unless it's this this whole thing to do away with fossil fuels has just become its own religion. For the life of me, I do not understand why a political party that would like to remain in power doesn't address the real issues and doesn't do something uh, and say, well, well, let's get the Keystone Pipeline going again. Uh, let's, uh, let's become energy independent again. But no, I just, it, 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 it's beyond me. I just, so I, the only conclusion I, I can make, as James and I were talking about, is perhaps they're doing it on purpose. All right, many of you I know would like to weigh in on this. Uh, holding on the phone, hang in there. We'll be with you in, uh, in three minutes as the Mike Douglas Show continues. The phone number here, 209-551-3483. We'll get to your phone calls in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show, on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Uh, We're live and local, and the purpose of that is to make sure your voice is heard. So let's get to it. 209-551-3483. Been talking about public policy. We've been talking about a select committee up in Sacramento to study why gas prices are so high and find out if there's a solution. As usual, your wisdom is uh, uh, your wisdom is much more prolific and right on target than a lot of uh, what's happening in Sacramento right now. So let's go back to the phones, 209-551-3483. We'll go back to Manteca and to Mike. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the show this Tuesday. Hi. Thank, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I've been listening to some of the common sense approaches of uh, you know solving our, our demand for oil and our need for oil and to drill more, to bring back the Trump policies, and then you made an interesting comment uh, saying, you know, is it intentional? And I believe it is intentional because what, what we have, the current administration right now, the, the people who are setting the policies in California is usually a leader in this area is uh, saving the planet. Uh, it's an environmental issue. Uh, the fact that we don't open up new oil refineries, the fact that we don't uh, – look to nuclear power to expand our nuclear power is is all in under the guides of saving the planet and i i i have a brother who's very smart my brother is a a phd mechanical engineer and uh he's in the elite one percent of people who make it that far in that field and he's a very brilliant man he's a uh he's a, a computer programmer although he doesn't work in environmental models for computers and how you save the planet and all that kinds of stuff. He's more in the financial markets with, for obvious reasons. He's a very uh, lucrative field to be in, but he did a little, he took an additional course on artificial intelligence and a lot of the policies that we have, a lot of the 
environmental models that are created to save the planet are, are what our government kind of listens to the scientific part of it and says, okay, we can expect the planet to suffer from this uh, major uh, uh, shift in weather, the shift in all this kinds of stuff. And, and drilling oil is one of the things that has had an effect on the planet. Carbon emissions have had an effect on the planet. So, and, and he t- took a course with uh, artificial intelligence at Stanford University online because he wanted to be up to speed on, you know, what is, what is artificial intelligence and how can it work for us to benefit us? And he wanted to be on the right side of it. And he made a comment to me a couple of years ago that really stuck in my mind that I've been thinking about over the last couple of days is if, if you programmed a computer to save the environment, the first thing it would do was kill every human on it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and it makes you think out loud. It's like our food supply is being now, because of our energy crisis, the food supply is being affected. I listened to the farm reports in the morning, and, we, and the, the farmers are struggling to, to get their crops out. They're, you know, we're suffering in California, and we feed the nation. Uh, we're suffering from drought and low, high energy costs and lack of labor and all these things that are happening that I, I wonder what this committee will come up with. But uh, there's a lot of underlying factors, and you can, you can rest assured that the, the computers are working overtime to try to come up with these models of how we can survive the future or save the planet as well as give all the energy needs we need. You know, wind is a nice idea. Right, wind is uh, ineffective. We know this. I heard a right. I heard a point one time that uh, it costs more energy, fossil fuel type energy, to build a windmill than a windmill will ever make in its lifetime. So <laughs> yeah, the return the re, some, the um, return on investment on on windmills is uh, exasperating. Mike, great point. I like your point about AI and uh, about the fact that maybe they're listening to these computer models and maybe that's driving uh, some of this. Mike from Manteca, great call. Thank you so much. Uh, Got another comment about that. I'm going to hold it, though, because I want to hear from our next caller, John from Valley Springs. John, welcome to the show. What are your thoughts today? Mike, thank you for letting me come. Um, I like all of the uh, callers except I think that you have given James a little bit too easy. Um, I listen to you all the time, very faithfully. I like your show very much. And I listen to all these conservative shows, most of them like Sean Kennedy and and, and Glenn Beck and others. <clears throat> and I do not agree with his... He says that they do not... Um, uh, confront uh, Joe Biden directly, but they just keep talking. But what 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 is Sean Hannity supposed to do? Go to the White House to confront him? Sean Hannity and all these I, I listen to them. They constantly talk and 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 say this is what the John uh, Joe Biden should do, and he should open the the the, the uh, new oil wells and all of that. And, and he, I, I don't think that guy is very honest. I, I, I think he let him go a little bit too easy because I, I, I don't think he was telling the truth. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, I was a little bit disappointed with that. Yeah, uh, maybe, I, maybe I didn't understand him's speech. 
Well, I Maybe, think, I yeah, I, I think there are various uh, dimensions uh, of this, John. John, thanks for the call. Appreciate you listening very carefully and and uh, coming up with that question. Uh, John, let me respond with something that comes to my mind immediately on this, and that is uh, I think it has to do overall with who has the governor's ear, with who has the president's ear. Uh, I do not have the governor's ear. I do not have the president's ear. Uh, neither does some of, some of the other uh, Sean Hannity's and Glenn Beck's. However, there are some influencers of of the president and of the governor, and you just wonder who are they, and how come they're not making a compelling case for saving the nation? Is there and and I I'm I'm not speaking for I uh, uh, caller James I, I don't think, uh, but I'm kind of uh, leapfrogging on some of his thoughts there. Uh, and, and I think both of you have, have some good points. Uh, but I think the issue for me is, is there no one with common sense in Sacramento or in the hallowed halls of the White, Na- White House who have the president's ear and can talk sense? Brings to mind a quote I told you about the other day out of uh, Dr. Ben Carson's new book. He says, one of the real problems we face as a society right now is preferring the opinion of experts over common sense. What happened to common sense? And again, I can't imagine there's nobody that influences Joe Biden or influences Gavin Newsom that can't see how public policy for both of them are just driving people nuts and eroding the state and the country. We'll talk more about it in five minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV as the Mike Douglas Show continues. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Good thinking today, my friends. Always enjoy this repartee with you and uh, your 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 wonderful insights and new ideas, especially like that phone call about AI. And maybe that's an issue in both Sacramento and in Washington, D.C. as well. Maybe there's just relying upon the computer models. And that, as we know, is, uh, is not common sense. That's something that we put into the mix, but not uh, relying upon them totally. Well, here's another common sense thing to think about. Let's see what you think about this. SB 357, Senate Bill 357, was passed, I think, in September. Uh, But uh, it just got to uh, Governor Gavin Newsom's desk yesterday, and the governor has to sign it within 12 days or veto it, or he could just let it go into effect without, without signing the bill. What's the bill, you may say? SB 357. Well... It would get rid of the misdemeanor law that prohibits people loitering in public with intention to carry out prostitution. So those backing the bill say, well, police use the loitering restrictions to unfairly go after Californians of color as well as transgender people. 
They also say the current law results in sex workers operating in dangerous situations as well as supposedly inhibits their ability to get a job or housing because of their criminal history. Well, how about engaging in a different profession? So, Governor Gavin Newsom debating whether he ought to sign it, whether he ought to veto it, or just ignore it, and it'll become law anyway. Now, I know, I know what one of the arguments is going to be. Do you? 209-551-3483. What do you think about this? One of the arguments is going to be, well, it's a victimless crime. I don't, I don't buy the thing about the reason for the bill is because it discriminates against people of color and transgender people. I don't buy That sounds like an agenda to me. I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. You may say, well, it's a victimless crime, Mike. Uh, people want to gauge in prostitution, that's their business. Well, I know that's a popular opinion, but let me give you the perspective of someone who has been in law enforcement And let me just offer this to think about. And that is prostitution is not a victimless crime. It is not a victimless crime. Prostitution brings with it drugs. It brings with it organized crime. It brings with it the destruction of households. Healthy people do not thrive as prostitutes. Healthy people don't engage in prostitution. They don't. It's not healthy for them emotionally. It's not healthy for them physically. And it brings into neighborhoods an evil that doesn't need to be there. It's destructive. It's a destructive force in society. You think about Many of the cultures that have made prostitution, and and some uh, religions have made prostitutions. You think of the temple prostitutes. You go back and and study the New Testament, or the Old Testament for that matter, but I'm thinking of the New Testament and examples uh, where uh, there were temple prostitutes. And this this did not benefit people. This did not create healthy communities. Now, we were talking about common sense. What, what do you think Governor Newsom will do with it? What, let's say you had Governor Newsom's ear. I know, that's a, that's a dream, Mike. But let's say that, that you and I had the ear of Governor Newsom and that he really didn't talk about it much, but secretly he, he valued our opinions. If, if you were one of those who had his ear... What would you advise him? What argument would you give him? What support would you give him? What supporting thoughts would you give him to say, either you should sign this bill or you should not sign this bill? What what would you tell him? Our number here, 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Again, Governor Gavin Newsom considering whether to not sign or to sign SB 357 that basically would uh, do away with misdemeanor laws against loitering in public for the purpose of prostitution. You want that in your neighborhood? Mm -hmm. You have kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews? Let's take that. Let's just say you 
come home uh, from work late at night. You want that in your neighborhood? If you're a business owner, you, you want that in your business neighborhood? Seriously? I'm, I'm willing to listen to arguments for it. I, I'm anticipating what those are, but maybe I missed a few. I'm, I'm willing to listen. You know that. I treat people well here, even if they have uh, alternative viewpoints. I, I love to. I'm curious. How would you advise Governor Newsom on this? 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. By the way, looking at what's happening uh, locally, uh, Amazon Fulfillment Center. Are you looking forward to that? You want to work for Amazon? Coming to Turlock, uh, possibly uh, in the fall, in September. They're looking for workers to fill 1,000 new positions in Turlock. Apparently, they haven't started the hiring process yet, but uh, the company is going to hold events to hire folks. Would you be interested in that? Thinking about Amazon? Hmm. To, I, I bet it pays more than uh, I get paid as a small church pastor and such. But let me, let me say something about that very, very honestly. I'm not in it for the money. If I was in it for the money, I'd do something else. I'd do something else between three and five. I'd do something else other than be at the helm of advancing vibrant communities and take a lot of, uh, over the years, uh, my wife and I have sacrificed a lot financially in order to um, make sure advancing vibrant communities advanced. Now we're celebrating our 20th year. By the way, I want to make a note for those of you who have been served uh, through the volunteer efforts of advancing vibrant communities or you have volunteered with us this coming Friday, we're going to devote the whole show, uh, all two hours. Now, we'll do with some other things as well. But uh, during the two hours, we'll take calls, and we'd love to hear from you on the 20th anniversary of the founding of Advancing Vibrant Communities. It's actually on Saturday, but we're not here on Saturday, so we'll do it on Friday. Again, uh, if you've been served by Advancing Vibrant Communities or you've volunteered with us or you just like say like to say, keep on keeping on and congratulations on your 20th year. We'll have that available uh, coming up this Friday on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. So anyway, the point is, I don't do it for the money. Now, fortunately, and those of you who understand the New Testament dynamics of, of the Apostle Paul, Priscilla, and Aquila, you understand the theory of tent making. And that is to engage in things that uh, do generate income, so it frees you up to do the good things that you feel called to do. And I'm, I benefit from the fact that my wife is a nurse practitioner, and that's not a complete solution to the problem, but it does provide sufficient income that, that I can do these other things and not have to draw a, a, a tremendous salary. So it's, to me... I want at the end of my life, I want to be able to stand up before God and say, I, I did my best to take what you gave me and leverage it for your purposes to serve you and to serve others. That that's my simple goal for life. It's not about how much money I earn, not about certainly not about the toys I've gathered, uh, but it is about I want to be able to stand up before God and say, I did my best, I think. 
to obey the commands that you gave us to love you with everything we have and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Have I been perfect in that? No. But that's uh, my driving passion. So there we go. What do you think? about what, what would you advise Governor Gavin Newsom to do? Our phone number here, 209-551-3483 here on the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. Uh, and uh, just as we were talking about a couple minutes ago, Amazon, Amazon building a fulfillment center coming to Turlock in September. Would you be interested? What do you think about that, about those 1,000 jobs? Let's see what you, what you do think. Let's go to Joe from Modesto. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show today. What do you think about Amazon coming to Turlock? Well, uh, my first comment is that the article left out an, an, uh, a vital piece of information, and that is that Amazon is shutting down and offering for lease 20% of their current distribution centers. So, and, and there are two in Manteca, and the, the one in, um, uh, over on the west side. My guess is that they're going to offer those jobs to the people that they lay off in those other distribution centers. <laughs> That's fascinating, Joe. I accidentally hit a button here. I shouldn't have hit. My my, my apologies. Uh, very interesting. I wasn't uh, aware of that. So uh, would this be, do you think, well, a consolidation? If, if you, well, no, it's because um, they, they overestimated how many of the people that uh, ordered online during the pandemic would continue to order online, and their sales have dropped, and uh, that's why they're um, uh, they're offering for at least twenty percent of uh, dozens of their uh, distribution centers. Wow, that's uh, that's amazing, right. Joe. Thank you for bringing that up. I was not aware of that. Well, what, what, all right, one more thing. Uh, as far as Gavin Newsom on that bill, he he should veto it, but he won't. And uh, it's an election year. I don't think he can afford to sign it. So I think he'll just let it lie there and let it become law. Yeah, Joe. I uh, thanks for the call, Joe. I appreciate that very much, Joe. I'm I'm in line with you about that. I think because it is an election year, because November. 2022 is uh, is we're on the cusp of it, really. I think he's going to be very careful about that. I I think he'll just I don't I don't know that he'll sign it. Don't know that he'll veto it. I think you're I think he'll just let it go. All right, we'll be back in three minutes. We'll hear from Nancy from Modesto. All that coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeart Radio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this warm Tuesday afternoon here in California's Central Valley on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We've been talking about SB 357 currently on uh, Governor Newsom's desk, the bill that would basically 
uh, dropped the misdemeanor uh, charge for loitering for the purpose of engaging in prostitution. Let's see what you think about that. Should he sign it? Should he just let it go, in which case it would become active anyway, or should he veto it? 209-551-3483. Let's go to Modesto and find out what Nancy thinks. Hi, Nancy. Hi, hi there, Michael. Well, you know, I'm just so discouraged. I love our country. I have always been a supporter. Uh, I was married to a highway patrolman. I was a school teacher. Um, and I'm just so discouraged. And of course, Newsom will, in my opinion, just let it go. And he won't put his signature on it, but he wants that to happen. It just goes along, doesn't it, with the law- lawlessness in our country that is being allowed, except, of course, uh, the uh, assault on our capital. That, that, that's, a, you know, totally impossible and, and totally, uh, according to the Democrats, that's just the worst thing that's happened in our country forever. So anyway, um, I'm just disappointed. Uh, the, of course, the oil is, is the pipeline was assigned, closed by our president. So that is really the basic cause for all of the problems. No, not all of them, but it's leading to so many problems with our food and everything else. So I'm just very hopeful that people will wake up and pay attention. I think the American people, many, are spoiled, and we're just used to having really a wonderful way of life. But if we allow this to continue, our way of life will be something we'll be trying to escape. We'll be like the immigrants that are braving uh, uh, coming to our country to find a better life. But in, in fact, it would possibly, if we don't, uh, and I mean not violently, but sensibly, Vote. Know what you know, know. What should be right, and speak up in a logical way, not with violence. Never. Um, so anyway, I just am so disappointed, and I do hope that Americans are as smart as many people say we are. Right now, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just so disappointed. And I think as Ben Carson, That's Dr. All. Ben Carson says, Nancy, one of the issues is common sense. And I think the other thing that, that yeah. uh, figures into this, Nancy, is apathy. And, and I think you're right. I think you touched mm-hmm. on this uh, in, in one of your comments a moment ago. O- over time, I think we got lulled into a false sense of security that, uh, well, we'll just right. we'll, we'll just let government take over that because that, that'll be okay. And, the, and they certainly wouldn't legalize prostitution or they wouldn't legalize recreational oh, no. drugs or, or once we're into, uh, energy mm. independent, they certainly wouldn't want us to be not energy. And, and yet we see all of these uh, decisions that are about 180 degrees away. So I think we, we have been lulled into a false sense of security. And uh, Nancy, you're right on the money. Uh, the solution to that is to uh, stand appropriately for what you believe in, stand in the light of truth, and especially vote. And that becomes so important. And I know I know it seems like a mountain that that is discouraging, hard to climb, but uh, it, it's one worth climbing, in, uh, in my opinion. Nancy, thanks so much for the call today. We, uh, we appreciate that and, and some great... Uh, 
Great points there. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. So much uh, appreciate you bringing your opinions to the fore. Uh, Let's talk more about this bill on Governor Gavin Newsom's desk. Our number here, 209-551-3483. We'll go out to Oakdale and Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hi there. I'm all for uh, dropping charges against uh, the body that's being sold uh, for sex. But the people that are buying um, the body for sex and the people that are forcing uh, the sale of the body for sex increase the charge and increase the ability to investigate and prosecute and the whole thing. I mean, that's trafficking that uh, goes against a free state, a free country, a free world. We can't have it. But, yeah, it's going to start by dropping the charges against the body that is being sold for sex. Even if the body is is, uh, said to be selling itself, the person is said to be selling their own body. Because the, the truth behind most of those cases is that that woman or that body is not selling itself. That body is being forced into selling itself. Takes two to and tango, most right? Of the money is going to, and most of the money is going to a third party. Well, that that, that is very true. That is very true. You have the uh, the pimps involved, uh, Kathleen. Thanks so much for the call. Uh, interesting point. Uh, I think, and and I agree when when that is prosecuted, and and they are. By the way, I can tell you that as I worked in law enforcement, I worked some of those stings that uh, the Johns, as, as we used to call them, are prosecuted as well. The problem, though, is if you drop the charge against the prostitute, you can hardly create a charge against the John. Uh, but I like your point. It's a good, good point, Nan, uh, 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 Kathleen. Good thinking. Hey, uh, think about Jane's Revenge. Going to talk about it tomorrow in some detail. Look it up. Let's talk about it in detail tomorrow. See you at 3 tomorrow on The Mike Douglas Show.